Any questions arise from last time that anybody remembers? Any <laughs> questions? <laughs> but it's not um, necessarily related to the, um, the um, lecture so much as the chanting. Is yeah. it possible when we chant after you to, well, I was going to say, is it possible to do it in shorter bits? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so hard for me, the Sanskrit, but I think other okay. people are maybe yeah. more advanced. Yeah. Well, we will, we'll do, do we chant them all together, uh, all of them, or just the... We have before. Okay. We have chanted them all together, but even if we take a few, then okay. we break them up a little bit more. I can break them up some more. Did I do whole lines at a yeah, time? Yeah, one whole line. Maybe that's not proper. I don't know to ask. Sorry. No, it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Or? Want to talk about it before we do that? I've got two copies of this. Yeah. Okay, let's try to let me see if I can break them up a little. Well, the first one's a little hard to break. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah, we could do each section like Yeah, I can, I can do each. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's it is nice. Yes. Okay, I'll take it slow. Let's just let's chant it like that. Chitro darpana marjanam. Chitro darpana marjanam. Baba mahadhavagni nirvapanam. Baba mahadhavagni nirvapanam. Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vitaranam Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vitaranam Vidya Vaddu Jeevanam Vidya Vaddu Jeevanam Anandam Buddhi Vardhanam Anandam Buddhi Vardhanam Pratipadam Purnam Ritashvadanam Purnam Ritashvadanam Sarvatma Snapanam Sarvatma Snapanam Param Vijayate Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam Sri Krishna Sankirtanam I know it's hard when you get like Purnam Ritashvadanam You look at this big fat word like that But Sanskrit's actually easier in, in, than, than English because there's a one-on-one -on -one relationship between <laughs> between the, the symbols and the sounds. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like English where like this the same symbol can like have a whole range of sounds and you just gotta know which one it is. It actually is a one-on-one -on -one relationship, you know. Which really helps once you <laughs> once you learn what it is. And if you're trying to learn it, you can actually split apart these compounds into like porna. Amrita, you know, yeah. like that, so that you can learn it easier. So. Yeah, you see, this is like, this is like, uh, in, in this level of Sanskrit, there's, you see where they have the hyphens here? Mm -hmm. No, in, in the actual Devanagari, there's it's no hyphens. 
you'll see a line like this is just one long, gigantic string. Wow. You know? And you have to know where to break it up. You have to know where to break it up. What do the hyphens indicate where you can't? The hyphens indicate here what happens, you see, let's take this for chito daipana marginum, right? So th this is this is a Sanskrit compound. It's like three words together. And when you make a compound, the kind of grammatical endings, are, are except for the last one, are, are left out. So it's a lot easier. Because what it says, and, and to read a compound, you start with the, uh, you start with the, you kind of, generally you work backwards. So marginum, marginum here means cleansing, or really means that which cleanses. Uh, what? Darpana, the mirror. What mirror? The mirror of the heart. The huh? The or the, of the consciousness, really. Chaitanya is consciousness. So your consciousness is like a mirror that, like a mirror reflects what's in front of it. Your consciousness is supposed to reflect reality, which is Krishna, but because that, that, that mirror is dirty, you don't, it doesn't, we don't see properly. What we see is contaminated consciousness through contaminated awareness. So, so you know, as I uh, when we first looked at this, the actual subject is at the very end, Sri Krishna Sankirtanam, and it, this is what it does. See, because they have the same meaning, marginam, nevapanam, vitaranam. So they're all modifying the sentence. Let there be victory for Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. And what does it do? Chaita Dharpana Marjanam. You see, so that's the compound. And then the next compound, Bhava Maha Da Vagni Nirvapanam. If you go to the word for word, you'll see Nirvapana, it, it, that which extinguishes. What does extinguish it? Well, Agni is fire, and Maha Dava Agni, a big fire, like a forest fire. Wild wildfire, that, that fire. What fire? What's burning? Bhava, material existence is a fire. They're like an animal trapped in a forest fire, wildfire. That's that's what. And then, so and then there's a whole elaborate example when, when there's a huge forest fire, wildfire, and the animals are running around and. Uh, and you know they're sending teams in to put it out and build fire breaks and they're sending airplanes to drop stuff if the rain comes it's over so our human methods will not put out the blazing fire of material existence but Sankirtan is like that rain so and all so, so that's just like one big ad, you know so that, that's, 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 that's why it works that way uh, and, and you know, it, it, yeah. So, so when we when we break it up, this one is particularly uh, simple because it's just all these compounds. And this is classical Sanskrit. You go back to the Sanskrit of the Upanishads and old, you know, older Sanskrit. It's a lot harder. But the, but but in Sanskrit they, they you know the later Sanskrit they developed these use of these compounds <laughs> to make it simpler uh, in, in some ways. Yeah, so a lot of it is just how you how you put it into 
Roman script versus David Hoggery. You know, you can yeah. make a lot of different decisions with that. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense even going through the translation. Like I just, you know, broke it up by mm-hmm. what was linked together, and even right. sort of the grammatical constructs that in the translation mm-hmm. make sense. Then you get cleansing the mirror of the heart. If yeah. you go backwards, you get mm-hmm. extinguishing yeah, yeah, yeah. the blazing forest yeah. fire. This one particularly it works exactly. very well that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was kind of the purpose of how they broke it up here. And it's, it's beautiful, you know, the, 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 the effect of it is, as you read, if you read it in the Sanskrit, you get all these wonderful attributes of something, but you don't really know what it is until you come to Sri Krishna Sankirtana. You get all the predicates and then you get the subject at the end. You know? It's like a build-up. You're kind of yeah. suspended and then all congeals, you know, at the end. Sarcha <laughs> Bhagavan Bhavapi Durdaivam Idrisham Iha Janina Nurakaha These little endings that have that little H with the dot under it. In Sanskrit it's just two dots and it's a, it's a kind of echo. It's like if it's an A in the front it'll be, it's like a Little, or if it's an, uh, if it's another, uh, it'll if it says guru, if it's guru with a with an h or the dot under it, it's guru. It's like one of the case endings, you know. So, and it just takes the previous vowel and just sort of does a little hiccup with it. But only at the end of a line, right? Yeah. yeah generally, they're they're in. Sometimes they occur in the middle of a line. But only at the end of the line do you really mm, yeah. say it. In the middle of the line, it's just sort of little stop, but not a, a full hiccup. <laughs> That's what that is. Okay. Now we go next. Now this verse gets a little simpler. Chinadati suvichena. Chinadati suvichena. Tororiva Suhishnuna Tororiva Sahishnuna Amanina Manadena Amanina Manadena Kirtaniya Sadahari Kirtaniya Sadahari That pronunciation pretty easy. Huh? See where it says Kirtaniya, you don't really stop it. Mm-hmm. Kirtaniya Sadahari the hard he get the full hiccup. <laughs> That's generally the way it's done it. And of course we have in Sanskrit these three S's. The S with a dot under it, which is, uh, well, in, in, in my Sanskrit course they use the English retroflex. Your, your tongue is against the roof of your mouth, the tip of your tongue, sha, sha. Then the other with the, the, with the acute accident, shots, uh, and then sa. Sha, sa, sa. Sha, sa, sa. 
chakras. Three S's. You know, you have T's like that too. You have a ta ta the da da ta ta da da. Okay, next four. Nadanam Najanam Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim Nasundarim Kavitam Va Kavitam Va Jagadisha Kamaye Jagadisha Kamaye Mamma Janmani Mamma Janmani Janmani Shvare Janmani Shvare Bhavata Bhaktir Bhavatar Bhaktir Haituki Tvayi Haituki Tvayi And you notice it's exactly whenever there's a long mark it's just held twice as long. Just whatever, whatever there's a, a, a that, that's a, the, the simple way of doing that one. Number five. Ayi Nanda Tanuja Ainanda Tanuja Kinkaram Kinkaram Potitamam Patitamam Vishame Vishame Bhavam Buddhao Bhavam Buddhao Kripaya Kripaya Tava Pada Pankaja Tava Pada Pankaja Stita Duli Stita Duli Sadrisham Sadrisham Vichintaya Vichintaya See that R with a dot under it? That's a vowel. Mm-hmm. They say, call it a, well, a vocalic R. Mm-hmm. You know, usually say you pronounce like R I. Krishna or R. So it can be something like. Tadrisham. 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 And again, you're, you're, you're kind of. Tadrisham. There's actually controversy of how it was actually pronounced mm-hmm. in the old days. In South India, they pronounced it a different way in North India. Krishna versus Krishna. Huh? <laughs> Krishna versus Krishna. Subtle. <laughs> <laughs> and you notice here, here the pada pankaja stitudhuli sadvisham. You know that 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 compound goes across this little division of the. These little I, br- I broke them up into what's called padas. You know the, the metrical foot. Uh, the kind of half lines, you know. Tava pada pankaja stitu dili sadrisham. You think of me like sadrisham is kind means like really, and duli is a little grain of sand or pollen, a duli a little thing, you know. Stitadu situated where uh, at your lotus feet, Pada Pankaja. Pankaja lotus. There's a billion names for lotus in Sanskrit. Pankaja is one of them. You know what it means actually? Pankaja? Born out of mud. <laughs> yeah. Ja is born and Pankaja is mud. Well, because a lotus is, grows from the bottom of a pond, so it's there, so it's called Pankaja. Mud born. <laughs> so there's a million ways to call a lotus. Oh yes, so many <laughs> names for lotus. Wow. We already had one here, I think, at the beginning, right? In the beginning of Sanskrit class, there's a million ways for lotuses and a million ways 
for bow and arrow in a million yeah. ways. <laughs> well, actually, the Kairva is, is actually not a lotus. It's a, it's a lily, not, <laughs> technically. But they don't always make that distinction. Huh? Why is it that we always hear lotus, lotus feet, lotus? Why is Because a lotus is very, very beautiful, fragrant, soft, it's all good qualities. So something as nice is like a lotus. And it transcends the mud. And it transcends <laughs> the mud, yeah. yeah. Even though it may be rooted and something that becomes a lot of Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like like it, Dante, and there's at the end of end of the, the the Divine Comedy that you're in paradise, and it's described as a million petaled rose that's completely unfolded. In Sanskrit, the same image is there, but it's a million-petaled lotus. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> okay, where are we? Text six. Text six. Yeah, text six. Nayanam gadu ashu nayanam gada make it this way. Nayanam nayanam Galatashudharaya Galatashudharaya Varanam Varanam Gadgata Gadgata Rudhaya Gira Rudhaya Gira Pulakayar Pulakayar Nichitam Nichitam Vapukada Vapukada Tabanam Agrahane Tabanam Agrahane Babishati Babishati Yugaitam Yugaitam Nimishena Nimishena Chakshusha Chakshusha Pravrishayitam Pravrishayitam Shunyayitam Shunyayitam Jagat Sarvam Jagat Sarvam Govinda Govinda Virahename Virahename Aswishya Aswishya Vapararatam Vapararatam Pyanashtu Pyanashtu Mam Mam Adarshanan Adarshanan Marmahatam Marmahatam Karotuva Karotuva Yata Tata Yata Tata Va Va Vidadhatu Vidadhatu Lampato Lampato Matprananathas Matprananathas Tusa Eva Tusa Eva Naparaha Naparaha Got that one down now? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. You got the practice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it easier to break it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we, well, should we start where we left off? I, verse 3, yeah. Huh? We finish verse 2. We finish verse 2. Mm-hmm. Right. So we said before, uh, uh, the, this, the, the, these prayers uh, uh, are in a, in a, in a sequence arranged in a particular sequence which signifies these uh, stages uh, of progressive advancement 
uh, spiritual realization. And we already talked about the first verse is this stage of Shraddha. That one, there has to be at least some preliminary faith or some interest in Krishna consciousness. Uh, and, and this signifies Shraddha because basically he's saying that when uh, Sankirtan becomes fully manifest, you'll see these things happen. The mirror of the heart will become clear. You'll stop suffering the pains of material existence, even though you may seem to be in the middle of them. Uh, you're uh, like 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 the night blooming lotus. Sankirtan is like the moonlight that causes this lily to open up. Uh, uh, and, and you know you 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 awaken yourself to your your spiritual position uh, in connection with Krishna. Bliss increases at every step. Uh, you have a taste of nectar. You totally purify. All these things are, are, are there. So that's you should believe this. This is what Lord Chaitanya says. This will happen. And then the next one we talked about how different it is because here the first one is like a celebration, but here Lord Chaitanya is speaking like a devotee. My misfortune. He says, uh, you have given so many names. Uh, that's uh, Nam Nam Akari, manifested. Akari means to manifest the names. Bahuda, various kinds. So for every form of Krishna, there's a name. For every characteristic, there's a name. For everything he does, there's a name. You know, uh, when we when we uh, say we, hear, like we sing Jamuna Tira Vanachari, that's the name of Krishna. That's one of those compounds, Jamuna Tira Vanachari. Chari means one who wanders, or it can be grazing when cows are grazing. It's char, <laughs> the same verb, or to wander. Uh, Vana means uh, forest or, or at least uncultivated land, you know, uh, uh, groves, sometimes called groves. Uh, we are on the bank, what bank? Of the Jamuna, Yamuna Tiravadija. Name of Krishna, he who was accustomed to wandering in the groves on the bank of the Jamuna River. That's a name. <laughs> so for everything he does, every quality he has, every characteristic, every relationship. Sometimes his names are names of relationship. Yashoda Nandana, the darling of Yashoda. Or in, 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 in the, where it says a little later on, Ayi Nanda Tanuja. Nanda Tanuja is the name of Krishna. The, the uh, son of Nanda. Although Tanu means body, Ja means born, born from the body of Nanda. So, these are all Krishna's names. So there's lots of names. You know, names of his majestic features, names of his intimate features, names in connection with his devotees. Radha Valava, the darling of the Shimati Radharani. You know, that this anyway. So so many names. Nanamakani. And Nikha Sarava Shakti and in those names you have placed 
nidya sarva shakti is shakti or power spiritual here pure spiritual power shakti nidya sarva all your shaktis are put in the names so these are not just ordinary names but they possess spiritual power so uh, uh, and then niyamita smaranena kalaha the Tatarpita, you place in those names many names, and in those names fill them with your spiritual potencies. So that, and then he says, Niyamita Smarane Nakalata. And in remembering, Smarana means to remember or to chant as a form of remembering uh, 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 Krishna's names. You have to remember, when we talk about chanting, there's kirtan when you sing. Sankirtan, when you sing in a group. Japa. Japa actually means the mental chanting. Technically speaking, Japa is mental chanting of Hare Krishna. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, but then Lord Chaitanya had, uh, especially he liked the, the, what he called Sankhya uh, Nam, counting while chanting. And that therefore, uh, there's one way to count by using your, just your, your fingers. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare. You start here, you go down around like this, and you've got ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right? I never got to ten the other day when someone was doing Well, you start here. One, two... Yeah. Start here, you go down, uh-huh. down your, the, uh-huh. the, over to the side, little finger, okay. up, Four, and then you can then across five, the top, six, seven, eight, and then down your nine, index finger. Nine, ten, That's ten, right? Okay. And then on this side, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred. That's a hundred, and eight more, and then you got a hundred eight one round. <laughs> That's one way of counting. Now we use japa beats, but Lord Chaitanya also used to count uh, to chant on a knotted string. Like if you want to have japa, do japa, and you don't have beats, you just take a string and you knot it. <laughs> so that was another way to count. So this is called sankhik. You you take a vow and you keep it. I will chant one round a day or two rounds a day. You know, if you if you just have make one kind of vow and you just do that uh, that's sankhya um, that, that's what that's what he taught so but uh, but like he says there's no consideration time like when when Brahmins chant the Gayatri mantras uh, those are silent you don't you don't ever say them out loud except when they're whispered in your ear right here by the spiritual master but when you chant Gayatri this is how you keep track of them the same way, like this. You chant each one ten times, each mantra ten times, and you use this this method. Prabhupada called it counting on the finger divisions. Can I ask a question about the Gayatri mantra? Uh-huh. Is how come um, that's not something that's usually chanted aloud, like at a kirtan or something? Uh, 
I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's actually, it's, it, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a confidential mantra. It's a secret mantra. In other words, secret means you already have to be qualified uh, to receive it. And so there, it's not really for everybody. And so the, 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 the idea for, for Gayatri that is, ch- is chanted silently, that, that, that is spoken when the spiritual... Ma- now, we have a bunch of Gayatris. And of course, like by every traditional Hindu thing, I would never be qualified to receive Gayatri, simply because I'm not born Brahmin. You know, those are the ones. And then you have to be go to this, the Guru Kula for your teacher and become qualified and practice celibacy for so long, you know, and then you can be initiated into the Gayatri mantras. You know, and then you're qualified to do fire sacrifices. As long as you're a man. Huh? Yeah. As long as you're a man. No women either. I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, right. But that's not but, our tradition. No, the Bhakti <laughs> tradition is transcripts right in the Bhagavatam. In, in, in the Bhagavatam, you know, the, you, you'll, you'll, you'll find Devahuti says, Aho bata swapacha How glorious is that swapacha? Swapacha means a dog eater. This is like in the, in the idea of the, the, the kind of the lowest human culture of those people that eat dogs. The dog eater. I mean, there's even a Somebody wrote a novel, grew up in the Philippines, something about it being a dog eater. Because <laughs> Chinese eat dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. When I lived in Taiwan, they said, you know, watch your pets. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, there's a famous story, you know, about uh, Queen Victoria. But, but back to the yeah, question. Back to yeah, I was just going to ask why, what is it about that mantra that you have to be so qualified to receive it? I, I that that that's uh, mantras are very potent. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you make mistakes when you chant them, if you read you read in the old days when 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 some some Brahmin would chant mantras in a sacrifice and make a mistake, you get the opposite result mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's that's the that's the, the, so this is the Brahma Gayatri. The first one is the we have a bunch of them. In fact, what we say that with the Gayatri mantras, that we, some of them are not actually Gayatri, because Gayatri means 24 syllables. It's a particular meter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's what a Gayatri is. Uh, and, and so uh, they're, they're, they're chanted silently. But wouldn't you say that the vast majority of mantras are confidential and you do need to chant them the specific time, specific place, specific way. Yeah, you do. And I'm have just, a certain qualification whereas yeah, that's Gayatri, why Gayatri is, is chanted yeah. three times a day, treat Sandhya. It, 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 it is chanted. Our little app tells you exactly when to <laughs> chant them. You know, we have a we have an app uh, the, the Sanjas. The the, the the time of transition or the time between between uh, uh, and when the sun is rising, uh, when the sun is at midday, and when the sun is setting, those are the times you chant Gayatri. Because the Brahma Gayatri is addressed to the sun or to uh, Surya Narayan, Krishna and the sun, as we understand it. You know, so therefore, it's chanted three times a day. There's time. 
and there's places actually, you know, we're accustomed. I, just driving here, all this time, she's got to chant Gayatri because noon is actually one o'clock now because we're doing this savings time. <laughs> but oh, I got to chant my Gayatri, but I'm sitting in the car. You're not supposed to chant Gayatri in a moving vehicle. If I was a real Brahma, we'd stop, I'd sit by the mm-hmm. side of the road, I'd face in a certain direction, I'd perform purificatory uh, achmans and all, all the rituals, you know. And that's why we give the Gayatris so that people can properly do deity worship according to the standards of the temple. And then there's all kinds of restrictions. So these most mantras, uh, and if you read Bhagavatam all the time, you know, you want to be sure that the wrong people don't get your mantras because they have power, and so on. So with these mantras, they're given to everybody. The Mahamantra. The Mahamantra. The Mahamantra is different. Your, the names of Krishna are given given to everybody. And the Gayatris we have are, you know, to, to, in order to do some other things like deity worship. But actually, even if you never do it, go back to Godhead just with the Mahamantra. It's not, you know, the, the Gayatri is to, you know... Kind of enhances, but it's not... Enhances it, but it's not required. Somebody, somebody like the Arnamacharya Haridas Thakur, he was born a Muslim, and and, and uh, he would n- never have chanted the Gayatri mantra. He would have never received it, right? No, I'd never even receive it. No. It's just funny that it's become so commonplace in mantra music, and you see yoga teachers <laughs> chanting that at the beginning of. Oh yeah, and you see it on you see it written down and stuff. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it's always shocking to me if I go to yeah, you see like, it, but it's what not supposed to be like that. You know? <laughs> it's not supposed to be like that. Anyway, that I'm just that's the tradition. So that's why you say niyamita. You know, yama niyama. All these things, these kind of restrictions that. For different mantras and to be qualified to get them and all, all these other things, it's not there. You, you so you you put your potencies in there. You made it really easy. And he says, Thus, this is your mercy, Bhagavan. That's in the Bhagavatam. Oh Lord, such is your mercy. Right? That's the first contemplation. How merciful. Uh, the Lord is that he has so many names that he's made them put his potencies in them made them really easy to chant and available to, to everybody this is your mercy and then Mama Durdaiva but my misfortune so notice this Mama Tava your and mine your mercy and my misfortune is that uh, in spite of all of this understood uh, there, uh, I have no anuraga. I have no attachment for chanting. Uh, there's a kind of a mood of lamentation uh, 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 in, in this verse. You've invested in, in uh, so uh, I, I am so unfortunate that I commit offenses. Now that's what Prabhupada, because the commentary, why am I not attracted to the names? Why? Because those potencies aren't really manifest at first. It's because because we're they, they still there's some there's there's no restriction, but still you have to chant them 
while trying to give up offenses. Uh, and so this, I, that I commit offenses while chanting the holy name. And therefore, this, this feeling for them doesn't arise. Hare Krishna. So that's that's why this verse is the this anartanivritti uh, 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 is referring to the removal of unwanted things or obstacles and chanting by trying. So even though it's really easy, still you know if you want to really progress, you have to do a few few things. Uh, and that is one has to try to chant without committing offenses. And we talked about this last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to remind you, uh, at least when Bhaktivinoda Thakur discusses this, there's a book called The Harinam Chintamani, a book by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, uh, which recounts a conversation between uh, Haridas Thakur and Lord Chaitanya. That 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 there, uh, he says that the offense, that's the root of all of them, is inattentiveness while chanting. Oh, that's yeah, well, yeah, that's it. so <laughs> Dog on it. that well, you know, it, it's, it, it's you can think of it, like like uh, say say you've invited somebody to, you're calling on the Lord. They're all in the bhakti. You're calling Krishna. Come, come on, Krishna, come. You know, let's have a relationship. So say, you know, there's some important person, your boss or somebody you really want to get to know. You invite them to your house. They come at the appointed time. They knock on the door. No answer. (laughs) You ring the bell. No answer, you know. So finally, they push the door open. Hello, anybody home? Uh, and then you hear from the back, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm busy right now. I sit down, I'll be there. You know, th- that's rude, right? <laughs> they don't feel welcome. That you got more important things to do after all that. You know, and if it's somebody important, you want to, like, really show, you know, you're, <laughs> it's rude. So you're calling Krishna. You're inviting him into your heart. You're saying, Krish, please, you know. And then you're not paying attention. So the idea of showing some respect and giving attention to something applies here. So I'm calling on Krishna. So so this is why this is, I have to, so the first thing is inattentiveness while chanting. And then deal with that one. So it's, it's kind of cool. You sit down to chant the Hare Krishna mantra and really all you have to worry about right now is paying attention. And unfortunately we discover that we start, okay, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Then suddenly, my mind, I'm thinking of something else. It's become diverted, right? Then, now there's two things I can do. I can just keep on chanting and think about so many things. Because uh, I've had people say, I get so many good ideas when I chant. Because <laughs> your, your mind sort of free associates, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, so there's different things that can happen. You you can, and then you you see, even in the Hare Krishna movement, 
you know, uh, sitting, uh, sitting, uh, standing outside a temple in Los Angeles, and I'm talking to some guy, and I hear this little clicking sound going on while we're talking, and he's got this clicker in his pocket, and he's doing his job at the same time and counting it with a little clicker, you know. That's not good. That's the t- and you know, while there, you know, you shouldn't really chant your japa. You can chant while you're driving, but your japa should be dedicated to Krishna time. Uh, that you're not doing anything else. If you're chanting japa while you're driving, either your japa is going to be rotten, or your driving is going to be rotten, <laughs> 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 or both. <laughs> So this is dedicated time for Krishna, right? That whatever you know. So you know when you're starting with this, you should, you 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 should you know bite off not bite off more than you can chew. But generally, when I start when I started chanting on Krishna, okay, I'll start. I'll chant four rounds a day. With those four rounds, one should try to really accommodate them, and then increase as you can. You know, so you don't get a bad habit, because most of us got bad habits in the beginning. At least I had to. I joined fairly early on, and nobody really taught me this stuff. I kind of had to pick it up as I went along and listening to Prabhupada lectures and stuff. I didn't really get the kind of good instructions in the beginning, and it started to dawn on me. And, and really, like when I was in an early ashram. Mostly attitude, you had to sit down and do this thing where you chanted Hare Krishna so you could go out and do something important like go out on Harinam or distribute books or something else, you know. It was like something you had to do. And then it uh, dawned on me gradually that, that, uh, that, you know, it was a thing in itself. <laughs> so, you know, it was like important. So, 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 so then when your mind wanders, you bring it back. And there's three. The whole the name of Krishna is manifest in three stages: Nama Parad, Nama Bas, and Shuddha Nam. Nama Parad is when you're chanting, committing offenses, and not doing anything about it. This is a offense. That is. Bhaktivinotakur says practically no better than names of the alphabet. Mm. Nama Basa, which means the dawning light of the holy name, the, 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 the beginning of the effulgence of the whole not not the pure name, but not exactly uh, offensive either, while you're chanting while trying to give up offenses. So that means when I'm doing japa, for example, I discovered that I don't know when it happened. You you can't really figure out when you're when you're when you find when you deviate it, but you finally notice, my God, I'm not paying attention. <laughs> bring it back, and again try to keep it there. It goes away. Bring it back. Just keep trying. So then this is namabasa, the the dawning light of the holy name. And in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it tells that how, how uh, in a public gathering, uh, uh, where where uh, Haridas Thakur was asked to speak, he says that just this namabasa destroys all sinful reactions, and the fruit of that is mukti, liberation. <laughs> 
near Namabas, and then people objected to that because they thought liberation was the main thing. Some impersonalist Brahmins, you know, present, who were already upset that a Muslim was talking to them, was asked to address them. But then the Shurana, the pure name, its fruit is love of God. So all the rules and regulations that are gradually there in Krishna consciousness is to further this pure chanting. When you get a, take initiation from a spiritual master, gives you a vows you take at initiation, that may, you know, to disobey the order of the spiritual master is one of the offenses against the holy name. Uh, so uh, you don't take these vows until you're ready to actually follow them. It makes it difficult. And then you, you know, so you look at that list of offenses, go over if you want to, <laughs> but those are the things that, 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 that uh, 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 to blaspheme devotees is an offense against the Holy Name. Not just the offense against devotees, Sadhuminda is one of the first ones. Huh? And so if one wants to advance, you get a little careful. But, you know, if you, if you hang around in devotional circles, you find a lot of people are like, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, you know, and on and on and on. And that's their, almost their main activity, is finding fault. Once you have high standards, then somebody's always going to be pointing out how you're not living up to them except for yourself. And I think that any high demand religion, this is fault finding. You get a bunch of nuns together in a convent, you'll find the same thing going on, you know. This person didn't do this, this person didn't do that, you know. Fault finding is really a problem when there's a high demand. Because it's, and it's in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that actually shows up there about, about uh, what's his name? Um, who is finding fault with Lord Chaitanya? Ramachandra Puri. Ramachandra Puri was, was, when Lord Chaitanya was at, at uh, uh, in, in Jagannath Puri, uh, every so often, uh, Lord Chaitanya's uh, spiritual master was Madhavindra well Madhavindra Puri had two disciples one was Ishwara Puri who gave Diksha to Lord Chaitanya that was his spiritual master and another was Ramachandra Puri they're both uh, disciples of Madhavindra Puri so this is a person who is the god brother of my spiritual master right so you're supposed to the god brothers of the spiritual master they're just like your spiritual master supposed to honor them the same way. That's, that's the etiquette. The proper pacha, the proper behavior. So, Ramachandra Puri would, would come to where Lord Chaitanya was there with the, in, 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 in Jagannath Puri uh, and he would start criticizing. He said, I see that the disciples of Lord Chaitanya, they eat too much. Uh, and he would, uh, and he even, you know, criticize Lord Chaitanya. He comes to his room and says, I see ants. <laughs> that means there must have been eating sugar here. 
So he was like obsessed with how much people ate. Uh, and he said that, you know, this is not proper for a sannyasi, that you eat so much people. Because so Lord Chaitanya, he had a lot of his followers there and they loved to feed him. And he, people, different people would invite him to their houses for lunch and he, they would cook for him. If they were brahmanas, he would eat what they cooked. If they weren't brahmanas, they would get Jagannath Prasad and feed it to him. Because he would follow him, you know, the conventions there. Of, of, anyway. And, 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 and so he, they would get criticized. Like this. Didn't, didn't Ramachandra Puri also persuade yeah, the devotees to eat more? Well, well then, 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 he, then, he, then, when, then when he started criticizing Lord Chaitanya, he said, he said, uh, he stopped eating so much, and he stopped going to his houses, the disciples' houses, for a prasadam. He, he cut it out, and they got really upset. And they said to him, "You know, look, you know, this is what he does. Some of he he comes to people and he says, eat some more. Did you get some more of this? Have some more of this.' And then later he says, "Do you see how much he ate?" <laughs> This is his nature. And Lord Chaitanya says, well, that's another thing, but really, you know, it's true a sannyasi should not eat so much. It should too, you should, we should be austere, you know, like that. And, and wouldn't criticize him at all. It's just, you know, oh yeah, it's good advice. And so while he was there, you know, when he came around, Lord everybody was very morose, and Lord Chaitanya, you know, just observed exactly. And then he would leave, and then gradually they would go back to their normal way, you know. Uh, but then the story, the back story about Ramachandra Puri was that Madhavendra Puri, in, in, when he was quite old, Ishwara Puri was taking, Lord Chaitanya's spiritual master, was taking care of him. And he was old and infirm, so he was like, feeding him and cleaning him up and everything like that, you know, like when they really old can't take care of themselves very much. So he was like cleaning him up and bathing him and dressing him and giving him soup. What do you all those bought that bodily care? Uh, end of life kind of care was was being given by Ishwar Puri to, to Madhavendra Puri. And Madhavendra Puri was totally in the ecstasy he uh, of strong feelings of separation. He was a person in our tradition who really had this, uh, the, the emotions of Radharani and separation from Krishna. That he, he had manifest this. And he would be lamenting in this mood that where is Krishna? He is not coming. He's left me behind. You could see this is also in his Shastika prayers, associating with Krishna through strong feelings of separation, because separation increases love. And it's a kind of ecstasy. It looks to us like it's suffered, but actually it's not. As a component of a spiritual emotion, it's completely transformed into intense associating with Krishna through strong feelings of separation. And so this is what Madhavendra Puri was expressing. So Ishwara so, so, uh, Puri is attending on him, and, and, and then Ramachandra Puri comes, and he sees 
that Madhavendrapur is expressing these lamentations. Again, he's a spiritual master. And this is his spiritual master. He says, why are you lamenting? You should be absorbed in Brahman. Brahman, Nasochati, Nakanshati, Sarva, you know, you should be... You should be enjoying, the, the, you should be in the bliss of Brahman, not lamenting. <laughs> Preaching to a spiritual huh? master. To a spiritual master. And Madhavindrapuri says, so this is all that Chaitanya is telling here I am, I cannot exchange the association of Krishna, and this fool comes to lecture me about Brahman? <laughs> And he just go away, you know, go away. So, Ishwarapuri got the benediction of Madhavendrapuri so that later he could become the spiritual master of Lord Chaitanya. You know, that was his benediction. But but he rejected Ramacharya. So Ramacharya Puri did not get the blessings of the spiritual master. He had on the major thing his relationship with the spiritual master. He had failed. But still, he wanted to be the spiritual master of Lord Chaitanya. So this is how he did it. Because he didn't acknowledge his own offense and accept it and try to reform himself. So instead, he bluffed. So this is a kind of pathology, a fault-finding pathology that you see there. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's just a danger. The, the fault fighting. Any, any high demand religion, you'll see it. Council number three, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and that's. That's the cure for that. So here's the cure. Yeah, let's go to three. Thank you. <laughs> so, how do we make advances? So, you see, you see, this two leads into three because here he's lamenting, I commit offenses. One has to acknowledge one's own faults. You have to be... Uh, Prabhupada in this connection quotes Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati uh, that, that one should have the quality for advancing is charlatan, which means honesty or frankness, simplicity, absence of duplicity. I look at my... If I, my fault-finding tendency should be directed toward me myself that that's when it's fruitful and we discuss how that's you know this humility that has and it's different from low self-esteem when you talk about that you know because here you're advancing when this happened so this is how you get to this trinadapi sunichena trina means grass or straw you know there's this demon trinavarta the whirlwind demon in Krishna Leela means he Trinavarta means one who carries straw you know when you have a uh, a little little dust storm that lifts up the grass and the straw Trina so lower than downtrodden grass right that's just how I should my aspiration you know Uh, this is this humility the other component of humility is this forbearance or tolerance like a tree the tree is the example of forbearance 
because it tolerates everything. It's it's up there winter all seasons. It's just there. Uh, the example is given uh, uh, that that when uh, uh, gives its fruit to everybody, whoever comes can take it. The uh, uh, a woodsman comes to chop down the tree. The tree gives him uh, his fruit to eat. He takes first before he chops the tree down. He takes some of the fruit and eats it. Then he takes a nice little after dinner nap in the shade of the tree. Then he chops the tree down, <laughs> and the tree just <laughs> doesn't protest. This is the example of forbearance. That's why the tree, this uh, taru, uh, uh, tolerant like the tree. So he is very low, and with this forbearance or this tolerance, then amanina manada. Without expecting praise from others or respect from others, but giving all respect to others. So two things. You're not looking for recognition from anyone else. Uh, but you're willing to give respect to everyone else. And then, uh, in that way, in this way, see it says, kirtaniya, to be chanted. Uh, it means to say, this, the, in this way, uh, the holy name, Hari, is always to be chanted in, with this mentality or in this manner. It's like a kind of instrumental effect, you know. This In this way, uh, so this represents, you know, this chanting on the clearing stage that, that, that one has... Uh, uh, one has... Well, Anartha Nivriti is the other... That then, then, when this is done, then Nishta... You're on the, the, the steadiness. You're fixed in, in Krishna Nishtita uh, uh, Bhajana Kriya. Can I ask a question about that? Uh-huh. It's all respects to others. Are they talking about all respect to the super soul inside the heart of that person or that actual person? Oh, you could, you're loath to find fault with somebody. Prabhupada actually apologized to his disciples for like it's, I don't like to find your fault but it's my duty as a spiritual master so I have to tell you you're doing this thing wrong look I mean Prabhupada's own self description sometimes he would get emotional while lecturing and he he would he, would, he said things like this in lectures uh, he said when I when I was a young man because he was just in his 20s when he met Bhakti Siddhanta. And when he was taken by his friend to meet Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Siddhanta saw that Prabhupada was being educated in Scottish Church's college, that is, he was English language medium school, so he was learning English. And he said to Prabhupada, so you, you, you're, you're, you're a, a, a competent in English, so now uh, you, sh- you should spread this Krishna consciousness movement in English. means to the English-speaking world. It really meant go to the West. 
It was his first stuff for him. He told him right at the very beginning, this is what you should do. He did it to anybody who was competent in English, actually. <laughs> but that's because he was very eager. Because this was Bhakti Siddhanta's plan. Bhakti Siddhanta's plan was that that to, to spread this Krishna consciousness. Bhakti Vinotaku, his father, had started this kind of thing. He had written to 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 Emerson. He 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 had, he had uh, written, uh, given some lectures in English already, uh, 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 and and had the idea of spreading Krishna consciousness to the West. Uh, and then Bhakti Siddhanta took it up and organized to do it. And so first, you know, he had started to spread Krishna, opened up temples all over India. But the real thing was, you know, to go to the West. And in 1933, he sent people to start open a temple in London. And that was, that was their expansion. He took he took Bhaktivinoda Thakur's journal, Sajanatoshini, which was in Bengali, and in 1927 changed it to an English language journal. Not only to appeal to the educated people in Calcutta and so on, the Bhadralok, the so-called educated middle class, anglicized middle class, you could say, and published it in English. He got another one, Sajjana, he got another one called the Gaudiya that continued in Bengali. But the main preaching organ for Bhaktivinoda Thakur was this harmonist. Sajjana Toshini was changed into the harmonist in English. And Professor Nishikant Sanyal, who also taught uh, at Ravenshaw College in, 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 in uh, Orissa, also English language school, English medium college. Ravenshaw was not an Indian name. <laughs> uh, 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 he was the main editor. And he actually, under Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhartha's supervision, wrote this book, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, for Western readers, and when when the preachers left for England in 1933, they had a volume, the first volume, with them, and a big book. Uh, and, and so that was the expansion. I mean, the whole thing with their their their, their kind of holy grail was to establish the movement in the West. And he told Prabhupada to do it. That was the first instruction of Prabhupada, and the final one. In, in 1936, Bhakti Siddhanta was uh, on, um, just before, like a couple of months before he passed away. Prabhupada wrote to him, and he said, you know, because Prabhupada was a householder, and as far as the, most of the Gaudiya Mat was concerned, he wasn't worth much. Then, because then, you know, Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhanta sannyasis and brahmacharis in the temple. He had started, Bhakti Thakur did in this, but Bhakti Siddhanta did this with having full time preachers without any family encumbrances in the ashrams. And so he, he you know, had the, the Sri Dandi sannyas was the big thing. And most of the people, as Prabhupada said, remarked once, for my godbrothers, I was just a rotten householder. <laughs> because he was married, he had a business, you know, uh, uh, he, he was basically a, at a pharmacy and a distributorship for this Bose uh, uh, pharmacy. And 
pharmaceuticals, uh, and uh, and, th- and that's what he did. He had a wife. He had six children, I think. You know, I mean, he supported them. He did his duty, uh, and uh, and uh, uh, kept uh, was keeping up. He was in Bombay doing business. And he was supporting the temple and helping manage the Bombay temple, even though he was not a sannyasi or brahmachari. And then, but he wrote a letter to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. I probably described the letter. He said, "I was feeling, you know, somehow like I'm not doing much." And I said this, my, my you know, my my god brothers, they're sannyasis and brahmacharis. They're serving you fully. I'm not, I don't feel that I'm doing anything. Is there anything I could do? He said, I just asked him like that. And then he got the reply, which came just like he said a fortnight before he, dis- before he left this world. He said, it will be good for you and for those that help you if you push on this movement in English. And Prabhupada was shocked. That was the order he was giving to all his leaders. And again he said it. Then he remembered the first thing he told them years and years ago. Now he's telling them again to do it. And then his spiritual master passed away. So it is last order. And then Prabhupada said, I couldn't think how I, what I would do. He said, that time I was doing business, he was entangled. And then, then he said, but then I thought about it, and then he got some inspiration from reading Vishnu Chakravarti's commentary on the Vyavasa Atvika Buddha. He wants you to advance in Krishna consciousness, you have, your aim has to be one. That is, this should be your main, main thing in your life should be to execute the order of the spiritual master, and everything else should become subordinate or in the service of that. So he said, I took this seriously. So I tried a little bit in that way, he said. So that's what he did. Eventually he took sannyas, you know, anyway. And he started writing it. You know, he first he started in 1944, he started Back to Godhead magazine. His, meanwhile, of course, what had happened, the whole mission of his spiritual master fell apart. He recalled his preacher to London, from, from London, they were going to have a temple there, uh, uh, and, 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 and his organization, which had been unified, the two big parts, big leaders, uh, went to Lockhorn. There was a lawsuit going on for 40 years. Who was in charge of the whole mission and all that other kind of stuff, you know? We have now, by the way, the, the record of that court record. We were going to do our own history. But anyway, this is what happened. So anyway, so Prabhupada Prabhupada then said, you know, he kind of on his own, he started Back to Godhead magazine because he was disappointed with what was happening all around him with his institution. He tried to work with various people in the Godiamat. They were not interested in preaching like, like, like that. And then he wrote some his English language translations of the Bhagavatam. Then he came all by himself. So he says, "This." He said, "I was ordered to do this by my spiritual master, uh, uh, and uh, I was so entangled with householder life I couldn't do anything until my old age." 
he said. So now I've come to the West, and, I, and now you American boys and girls, you're helping me. So because of your help, I'm able to do something to satisfy my spiritual master, so I have to thank you. That was, that was his own version of himself. But, you know, like, I've done it, you guys have It was quite, you know, his internal feelings were, I did, my spiritual master ordered me. When I was 70 years old, I finally did something. I came here, I, you know, and somehow or other something's happening because you're helping me. You were sent by him to help me. He saw that you were ordered by him to, to, to help me. I don't know how many of us may have been, you know, people who dropped out of the buckets <laughs> and not this movement one way or the other, you know, gone so far and then, you know, left our bodies. But you, he said, you, he sent, sent you to help me. And now, with, with his mercy and your help, I'm doing something to satisfy him. That was Prabhupada's own attitude. And then he started to cry. You rarely see him do anything like that in public. On this particular occasion, he really, really started. He had to stop the lecture, uh, thinking like that. So you, you, this is actually this. When one starts thinking, and this is the way you can chant always with this kind of humility. So devotees, when they become advanced, they 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 they, they want to see, uh, and really. Humility is just realism. It's just realism. Why am I in the material world to begin with? Because I'm a failure. <laughs> if I was a devotee, I, at first I thought, you know, Prabhupada said this, that, I mean, Prabhupada said that, that devotional service is a continuation from your previous life. And be, oh, well, we were devotees before. Wow. No, what it really means is you blew it. <laughs> you didn't go back to Godhead in your last life. You know, you somehow or other you're still here. You blew it. And why am I in the material world anyway? You know, because of some hostility or animosity toward Krishna. This is where you. This is where you end up when you don't uh, want to be surrendered to Krishna. No, this is this is this is our. Uh, so it's just realism, and of course, you know. I mean, I joined the movement. I was in my twenties, and I look back at what I had been doing until then. My God, was I ever deluded? You know, why did I take birth in a family where the big thing to do is sit down and eat raw beef? You know, practically raw beef. <laughs> you know, those kind of things. You know? Why did I take that birth? You know. I must have had so many material desires, you know. I grew up a teenager, you know, in, in, in 1950s America. Ah, in the 60s, too, you know. Ah. <laughs> so this is the, I had, I had material desires, obviously. Now i got to get rid of them. And then you, when you try to start to get rid of these things in your heart, you find out how deeply rooted they are. 
And you think, you know, you, maybe you get a little humility and then you get proud because you're humble. <laughs> and then you got to, whoa, you're the second order pride. <laughs> and then you realize that, that humility, you know, it has no limit. Just as love of God has no upper limit, humility, you can always become humbler. And, and, and so the, the, that advanced devotees pursue humility not so much for its own sake, but that as it increases, feelings toward Krishna get stronger and stronger and stronger. And so therefore you, you want it. It's not that you, you, know, you have a masochistic you know, tendency or something like that and you're trying to grovel, you know, all that stuff, whatever. People think the slave mentality, we get accused of slave mentality. Because people see it, you know, we, we act it out. You know, you go to the temple and the doors open, everybody's down on the ground, you know this. I mean, the Catholics just genuflect usually, you know, well, we go like even further, you know, all the time, you know, full on, you know, dandabats, fall down like a rod, literally, like a danda, like a stick. I have a question about that, though. It's sort of just the concept of humility in general is so um, antithetical to Western society mm-hmm. and to what you know, what is traditionally, I say traditionally in society, deemed as successful. Yeah, so you right. have to mm-hmm. sort of sell yourself and take it, you know, take credit for your accomplishments, things like that. I think I've talked about this before. You know, it's easy to see sort of the outer edges of that, but then the sort of where does the dividing line go? Um, you know, should we should we be so humble? How do, how do we make the distinction? Should we be so humble that um, you know we don't we don't care whether we're getting a fair shake in life at certain things, or you know should we still stand up for ourselves for you know what we think is right for the way that we think is. You Depending know, on what circumstance you mean, you mean in the in the, in the material context. Yeah, so, yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to do that. Sure, things should be fair. You know. things aren't fair. But yes, things aren't fair. <laughs> but but you know, at a certain point, if you become become obsessed with how badly you've been treated, how you've been put down, how you've been neglected, how other people become promoted because they're men and the women don't get it. If you get obsessed with that, it's going to hurt you spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, if that becomes your whole thing. Because you're not your body. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, 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 that strong bodily identification is bad for you. So th- that's where the forbearance, some, you know, you can change what you can, but if it becomes your main thing in life, and, and then it'll take over Krishna consciousness. So you just have to have a certain amount of temperance on this matter and know when. Yeah. Can't you also say that sometimes the most sometimes it takes humility to actually speak up and say something as well. Like, I mean, sometimes when I think of things, I just think of them in terms of: Do I just want a better situation for myself, or am I really wanting a better situation for? Um, me to practice Krishna consciousness or other, other people to practice Krishna consciousness mm-hmm. like what That's would be true. the best mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. for everybody's Krishna consciousness mm-hmm. um, versus like well I just don't want to you know for me it would be this weekend or whatever 
But the idea, if you, you have to do something, because our, our movement's certainly been unfair in many ways, and continues to be unfair in many ways inside our spiritual organization. And for that, you have to do the best you can, but you can't be attached to the result. You have to, like, say, Krishna, please show me what to do, and let me do, the, do it the right way. Uh, and, and even, you know, we, we all have leaders. I got, I got, you know, I, I became at one point a, a kind of a leader of, of uh, the, what are called the Guru Reform Movement. And, 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 and uh, I, I, I uh, was fortunate that, that uh, I, I really didn't want to find fault with people. I mean, I, people are going off the rails sometimes. And I substituted different things, you know, for advancement in Krishna consciousness, for example. The ability to make a lot of money was uh, became a big sign of advancement, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, you know, it was like, like Calvinist ethic, you know. <laughs> you have God's mercy, you have money, you know. People were substituting. Anyway, there was a lot of bad things going on. But but I, I, I you know at a certain point I had 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 to recognize look these people who became leaders they were brand new they took on so much responsibility they took so much they may have they may have blown it but how, do, am I any better could I do any better you know because then I, because then I watched there uh, you know I I wrote some I didn't set out to be a revolutionary I just wrote some papers about what I thought had gone wrong in our movement uh, and, and I ended up you know with other people joining and it became a whole big so-called guru reform movement and then some of the big big gurus in our movement fell down you know? huh? in a very big spectacular way and it wasn't because I did anything to make them fall down just to me it was just it was bound to happen, and it eventually did. And, and, and there ended up having to be, I mean, with, especially with Kirtananda, because his fall down, including killing, getting people killed, then, then the government got interested. And, and, and you know, there, there was a, a the, you know, because the killing was done across state borders, <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm talking to FBI agents, you know, and a federal prosecutor. You know. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it, but 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 uh, 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 but it wasn't my idea to go after these people. That that, that that sort of fellow thing. But I noticed that there are other people in our sort of revolutionary group who who were like really you know antagonistic. Uh, and, and, and kind of hated people because of, of the things that they had they, they had done wrong. And, and what happened is one of, one of them, one of my godbrothers, who was a temple president, he finally told me. He said, "You know, I'm just like they are." I'm doing, it turns out he was married guy. He was cheating on his wife and all this other stuff. That he was as bad as they were. You know, and, and 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 so that's that was explaining 
you know, what you do, whatever you're really worried about yourself and not acknowledging, that's what you see in other people. And when I ended up, myself and Mukunda, going directly against Kirtananda and cooperating with the government, uh, and the government was interested in having our cooperation because they wanted people to know that they're not prosecuting a religion, they just were interested in this... <laughs> This guy, you know. Uh, um, uh, I ended up, you know, Kirt was on Larry King Live, and they, and they they asked him, why do you think me, why do you think he's against you? Well, he said, it's all about property, you know. Our, our property in West Virginia is the most valuable, in ISKCON because there's oil underneath here and there's coal underneath and minerals and everything and they just want it. You think everybody else is just like you. And he, you know, okay, he thinks it's about power and position. That's That was his mentality. Wasn't mine, you know. But I, 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 I was literally demonized. <laughs> Literally, they had a play in, 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 in New Vrindavan where uh, their one character was Ravindra Sura, <laughs> the Ravindra demon. <laughs> and Mukunda uh, Maharaj was, was working together with me on this thing. He was the, the Mook demon. And they had a Sunday feast play where, where, where this was enacted, you know. So this, you know, this, I'm so, I, this is what I didn't expect when I joined the Hare Krishna movement myself. You know? So in this situation, like, um, you know, when we talk about humility, it's, this is not something where you're just like, all this stuff is happening, you see these things happening, you just kind of like roll over, like, all right, well, we'll just let it happen. No, I didn't, I couldn't let it happen. Yeah. I, 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 when, when all this was happening, eventually I, 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 I couldn't. Uh, 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 let this go on, because well, well, when it, when it came down to do something, especially, you know, what what really brought it to a head, uh, there were things wrong, and I was thinking everybody can reform. But 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 Kirtananda had sent a guy named Tirtha to California to shoot one of his critics, and he did. He shot him dead. Uh, this this uh, Sulocha was his name murdered him. Uh, and, and, and Tirtha, you know, he had rented a car with his, with his West Virginia driver's license. <laughs> and, and, and uh, they, you know, it became obvious what he had done. And, and, and this guy, uh, Sulosha, was writing all kinds of things, the ISKCON game and all this stuff, you know, sending all the mimeograph. This is before the internet big time. Uh, and, uh, and but then, yeah, then then we realized we had a real problem, and and, and that Kirtananda was going to, because he was advertising himself as the leaders of the Hari Krishnas in North America. And uh, and but there was a few other things going on. One thing I personally was afraid of. They start investigating the rest of the movement. Well, there was Hamsaduda over there doing his thing in the West Coast. What that? You know, I had like worries that there was some other stuff going around. You know that. 
ties to some unsavory people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, then when, when the solution was shot, somebody came by from New Vrindavan and we were, we were going, why did you do this happen? And the guy said, what are you upset about? It was authorized. It was authorized. Oh, <laughs> oh God, you know. <laughs> and then we had a real problem on our hands. And so we had a meeting of North American leaders. I went to that meeting. Mukund and I got together, and we got the North American temple presidents to appeal to the GBC to expel Kirtanada from ISKCON. And the New Vrindavan devotees were there, and they were in a state of shock. But anyway, we had the votes because the rest, a lot, most of the temple presidents were already very upset with West Virginia anyway. And everybody knew what he had done. And there were other stories, lots of stories about what was going on there, you know, uh, and complaints with him. And, and we brought this resolution, Mukunda Goswami and I, to, to, and I wasn't on the GBC, I wasn't even a temple president, actually. We, we, to to, to uh, the meet, GBC meeting to expel Kirtananda from this con. Expelled him because I, I realized if Kirtanand, when he saw this, what was happening, he was he sent his own people to that meeting with the idea of outvoting everybody else. And I realized if Kirtanand is going to do something to you heavy, you got to do something back him even heavier because that's the only thing he's understand. So I got this expulsion. He never believed people would do that. But then when I got to the GBC meeting. I wasn't quite sure we were going to do get that vote because he was like the big goo, you know, prototype for everybody. And somehow Rodney had a lot of GBCs under his spell. Anyway, they voted to expel him, but it was it was a close thing. It was a close thing. Uh, and, but I I I I, 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 I when it when it came anyway, it's a it's a long story. But how does it? Can you bring it back to but, but all I could think of we could any of us could have gone off the rails you know the other people were misled by him and, and, and you know in most temples even where things were bad and never done there were sincere devotees who you could you know follow the process of Krishna consciousness I could see what what Kirtananda that there was something sincere about him but also basically in my mind, he was envious of Srila Prabhupada. He, he was attracted to Srila Prabhupada, but he wanted that for himself. You know, he couldn't, just didn't want to be the servant, he wanted to be the next Srila Prabhupada. You know. So there was lessons to be learned, how they went wrong, but I couldn't think that I was in some position that I was better or purer. And I, and I, and I, what what I, I told to these people that, that, that were, you know, so hostile, I said, look, all of us are Prabhupada disciples. All of us have equally the mercy of Srila Prabhupada. We have to ask ourselves, if, if, if these people that Prabhupada named, you know, that become the next initiating gurus in Iskon after him, they were his best men. They were the ones that had done the most for him. If they were not good enough, why weren't we any better? Why didn't we do more for them? Why weren't we any better? That's what we have to ask. 
God, that was my realization. And I got really ticked off for, you know, people from Ramesh Waller this, somebody this, somebody this, dab, 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 dab. Well, yeah, true, but, you know, why weren't you any better? Why wasn't I any better? Why didn't I take up such a burden of responsibility as they did? So, so if, 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 but the first thing I did when I got sucked into this stuff, and I, was the, my first realization was, my God, I have to start purifying myself. I can't just be in the business of purifying other people as a substitute for purifying myself. And that's when I started studying this stuff and learning things that I should have been taught but wasn't really taught, you know, about how to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. And it was only because there was some spiritual strength from just basic entry-level Krishna consciousness, if you did it conscientiously, I got a little bit of protection from, from either personal ambition or pride. And I, I, I'm basically, in many ways, a kind of... I'd rather sit in a room and write books rather than you know become a big actor in the world anyway, so that, that was helpful. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but So there was some propensity that way, but, but that protected me. Just to sit down and chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra and watch what my mind wants to do. You know, we have point. My mind, you are not a devotee. I realize this. I am the devotee. I want to surrender to Krishna. I've got this mind that isn't. And we're in the same body together. It's like having a really nasty roommate you've got to live with. And that's how you that's how you can, you know find complete fault with yourself and still not think, you know, I'm a horrible guy. No, I just this much. I brought it with me from my last life. I knew what I was like before I became a devotee. God, what was I doing before, you know? So I had to, I had to clean up my mind. That, you know, and I can't try to purify everybody else. You want to clean up the environment? Start with your own mind. You know, that, why our ecology movement is not going on very well because we haven't looked at where the real pollution is. The subtle pollution and subtle things are more powerful than gross things. The garbage outside in the environment, you know, the, 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 the big whirlpools in the Pacific that have nothing but garbage, it, it's all in our heads. That's where it starts. And if you want to get rid of it, start with yourself. That I've learned from experience. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, from the, the hard way. <laughs> Any more questions? Sorry. Any more questions? Should we do prasadam or yeah, schedule? That's one thing when you get old, you start holding forth a lot. <laughs> Watch that tendency there. Try to hear skidding signals. <laughs> Stop. I, 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 told Chris, I told Chris this before, but there are times that when I'm at work, um, I have a clicker for like when I can, mm-hmm. I can chant during meetings because otherwise it's just an hour that I'm just not doing yeah, sure. anything. And it's not the best chanting, but it's, it's something. And I found that when I do that, I'm less likely to speak up, to like get my two cents in or to mm-hmm. you know, disagree with someone. Mm-hmm. Or, and sometimes it goes okay. 
people want to talk about stuff. Sit back and I chant. If I don't chant, I'm normally trying to you know get my two cents in, my opinion heard, and mm -hmm. it seems like yeah, it, so it feeds my ego. Well, cutaneous about you're always supposed to be chanting. I mean, when, when, when Prabhupada was in a car and a guy was driving and he was chanting Hare Krishna, Prabhupada thought that was very nice. But that that was his rounds, you know, that ideally that should be dedicated time for, for Krishna. Uh, we can do the best we can, you know, sometimes, especially if you have a modern day work schedule, they don't, they don't fit that in for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that hour and a half or two hours, you know, it's hard to do. I understand that, but you know, you do the best you can. It helps me, you know, if it's not the moment, you know, um, yeah. conscientious chanting, it really does help me to relax and mm -hmm. concentrate on support. Mm -hmm.